Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. We believe in going our own way, no matter which way the rest of the world is going. We believe in bugging the system that's built to smash individuals like bucks on the windshield. These are the opening lines of the Harley Riders Creed. Yes, there is a creed of Harley Riders. And I can agree with most of the lines, with most uh, of what it says. And my favorite line is, We believe in wearing black because it doesn't show any dirt or weakness. When I think about what can I do for my next podcast, what may be uh, interesting for my listeners, what uh, can I drop as a knowledge, what may be entertaining. Um, while thinking about this this week, I stumbled uh, over this creed and um, I, I would like to focus on one of the last lines, a line at the very end. It says... We believe the machine you sit on can tell the world exactly where you stand. For me, this perfectly describes the connection between technology and emotions, between technology and self-expression, with communication of the self to the environment, to the publics, by using technology, by the reflection of your own personality in technology and with technology. And so I'd like to focus a bit about this one and talk a bit about the broader background that, um, yeah, all the descriptions that we have um, to, to analyze, to describe, to measure the quality of the relationship between humans and technology. So today, um, I would like to talk about three parameters that describe this relationship. So they are usability, user experience, and user delight. I take it for granted that a system works and it is reliable and it hurts no one. So This, this, the, these points are very often the very basic of um, this kind of analysis. And I mean, it, it should be natural that a system that I deliver to a client is, is working and is, it's not a pain, it's not uh, hurting anyone. So um, 
I won't, I won't talk about this one. I will talk about the, the three other ones, usability, user experience, and user delight. Let's start with usability. Usability is defined in ISO 9241 part 110. The ISO 9241 is an ISO standard dealing with the ergonomics of human machine interaction, of human technology interaction. It is a huge standard. It has something like, I don't know, around 30 parts, 30 subparts. And um, it's very often it is, it is reduced to part 110 because um, that is the one that describes interaction principles. Um, that was the most focused on and where there is a lot of a lot of knowledge in that that we can use to improve technology but it contains many more parts than just this part 110 it was renewed in 2020 this part 110 it is a couple of details have been changed and one of these seven interaction principles that are described there is it's still seven parts but uh, they reorganized them a bit they they have added an emotional um, criteria for usability they call this user engagement which shows that even in this um yeah, usability, which is very much down to the function of a system and how function how functional a system is in the interaction between uh, humans and technology. They added something like an emotional component, which I think is absolutely right and which uh, should have been done earlier. So um, new version out 2020. So if you have an older version, um, drop it, get get your new one to be up to date as far as this standard is concerned. Let's talk about the definition of usability. So it says the extent, usability is the extent to which a system, product or service can be used by specific users in a specific context to achieve specific goals effectively, efficiently, and satisfactorily. That's a pretty strong sentence. Let us analyze uh, this one. So let, let's get a bit into it. So first of all, it talks about system, product, and service. So it is a very broad definition. It is, I think, all about technology. If we talk about service, it's not a sheer human-to-human -human service, which becomes more and more seldom anyway. There is very often a uh, technology involved, uh, a technical part involved. Um, so services, maybe call centers that you call and you type yourself through numbers and figures that so you sell, tell them to, to a machine to get the right um, consultant or to get the right person uh, on the line. If it is about products, um, this could be cars or smartphones or smart TVs or um, whatever you can think of. And I think if, if we keep this one as the standard in mind, so if we think about a product, um, we, we have the right mindset. 
And systems, probably with that, they mean um, large software systems, large uh, data uh, processing systems like SAP, for example, uh, Oracle, where, where they have um, yeah, software-based, cloud-based services and, and software systems. Um, that, that is the range. I mean, the idea is it is anything that somehow contains technology is under this ISO standard. Then very interesting, it says specific users, specific contexts, and specific goals. If I enter an aircraft cockpit, and I'm not a pilot, I don't know how to fly, and if I enter an aircraft cockpit, I will find the usability extremely low. I don't understand this, I can't use it, I can't fly this aircraft which um, is good on one side, but is a very low usability. But I'm not that kind of specific user they're thinking of. I mean, that, that's a pilot. A pilot is trained. Um, he or she received an education, uh, probably has some, some professional um, experiences. So they're... There, there are these specific uses they're talking about. And then once you have a pilot in a cockpit, then you can talk, all right, is the screen size big enough? Um, is the, the arrangement of these buttons and then switches correct? Is the naming of this okay? Um, then, then you can start thinking and acting usability. And so it's these specific users. It's the context people are in. And first of all, it is about specific goals. Usability is not, you will not find usability, you cannot judge usability if people just play around with the technology. If you'd give them something, hey, come on, do this, do that, or no, don't do this, and just, just play around with this. You need specific goals. You give someone a smartphone and say, okay, um, type a message to this and this uh, person with a messenger. Then you need to find out, okay, where is the messenger? Um, where do I find the correct person? How can I type the message? How can I send it? But you have a specific goal. You want to make a phone call. You want to drive with a car from A to B. Can you do this? So these are these specific goals. And usability is, is not something that exists in itself, that is not part of the technology itself. You can design it into a technology, but it's measurable, it's visible, it's uh, um, relevant only in the interaction between a user and that has a specific goal in a specific context and, and, and tries to solve that with a specific technology. So just it, it's not something that is inherent in the inherent in the in the technology itself. And um, it says the interaction between human and technology needs to be effective, efficient, and satisfactory. You need to get there. You need to send this specific messenger message. You need to arrive at point B if you start with a car at point A. So it needs to, to be, uh, the question is, can, can I really do it with it? The second one is efficiency. It should be done with a minimum in resources, in, with a minimum in time, in, in uh, mental efforts. So it should be efficient. And, and again, this touches a bit the emotional part. It should be satisfactory. At the end, you should say, yep, that worked. 
yeah, it was okay. It's uh, it, it's 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 well done. Yeah, something like this uh, is what I interpret at, uh, as as uh, satisfactory. And then I talked about these seven parameters that they're having, and um, let's run through this. And I mean, I could make a separate podcast episode about each and every of these single parameters. I think will be a pretty dry exercise uh, for for me and for you also. Um, if uh, over over I don't know uh, half a year or a, a few months, I would publish episodes and then discussing single aspects of usability. But but I, w- I will make a quick overview here um, over the the seven ones. The first one is suitability for the user's task. The technology under discussion, the technology we uh, want to to analyze, allows and supports the solution of the task the user has. A friend of mine, uh, she she is an um, accountant, so very business and, and figure uh, and, and, and yeah, a finance-oriented person. And she writes letters with Excel, with the software Excel, which is not suitable for the user's task. I mean, the right software to write a letter is Word or any of the other products that, that do more or less the same and have different names. But you need to have this... Uh, uh, I mean, Excel is not suitable for, for writing letters. It, it, it is a word. And yeah, she had her reasons, but um, the suitability of the task is not, not fulfilled here. Self-descriptiveness. Technology speaks out of itself. It offers the uh, the user, the option he or she is having for solving a specific task, for solving a specific problem. So I can I look at a, at an, a surface, at an HMI, a human-machine interface, and I know, all right, this is what the system can do. Uh, this is how I can do it. I can press this button. I can swipe here. Uh, I can rotate this now, so so it's self-descriptive, and I know when I do this, this and this and this and that will will happen. Uh, there is there is Nielsen's heuristics, and he has one that is brings it down to the point. It says recognize rather than recall, meaning you should recognize a function of a device, of a technology, and every single aspect of it. And instead of recalling, I mean, recall means uh, if I press the red button, it goes off. But if you write off onto that red button, it's recognizing it. So you don't have to recall it. Okay, so far on self-descriptiveness, let's move on with conformity with the user expectations. The system shall be predictable. It shall be conforming to user expectations, to conventions. So, so it, it should basically behave the way I expected. I had various experiences in the past with different technologies, with different systems, with devices, and um, it, it should be conform with that. It should be conforming to my experiences and expectations, and it should be conforming to to conventions. So, if you have a um, water tap. And uh, there, there's a, a red button and, and then there's a blue one. And if you use the blue one, you expect cold water. And if you use the red one, you expect hot water. It could be the other way around. Uh, but the convention says blue, 
the color blue indicates cold water and red indicates warm water. A typical convention that we have. Learnability. The system should be learnable. You should be able to learn the system. And uh, in one, one of the usability studies I did in the past, there was the question, um, I can learn the system. How do you rate this on a scale from, from 1 to 10? Um, this person says, I can learn everything. Um, which basically is right. I don't, I don't want to doubt this. But one example, um, if you have a touchscreen in, in a car, in a touchscreen system, you can learn the system very well. But uh, you cannot learn blind use. You will always need a visual feedback loop. So I, I have a car with a haptic controller in it with a rotary push and a couple of hard keys around it. And so if I want to switch from media to map and zoom in the map, I know the upper right button is the map button. I press that and then I rotate um, the, the, the controller to the very right and then I have the maximum zoom. And I can do this without looking at the system. So I learned the blind use, which I cannot learn in touchscreen systems. So this, this is basically what is behind the term learnability. Next point, controllability. So the system should not do any, any kind of strange things where you say, hey, what, 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 what is going on here? I haven't done this. I didn't want this. The user needs to be in control in any situation and the user needs to be in the driver's seat of, of the interaction, not being the passenger of the technology but being in control all the time. User error robustness. We always make mistakes when, when interacting with technology. And that should not have serious consequences. So if you want to delete a file, um, if you want to delete something, it should ask you, hey, do you really want to delete this? So if you have accidentally pressed the delete button or the delete function, it should not have serious consequences without telling you again and asking you, hey, and maybe uh, as we have it on, on PCs today, uh, there should be a dustbin where you find things and a trash can, and you can, can remove it if you find out, oops, um, oh, it was wrong deleting it. So that, that, that is user error robustness. And errors should be easy to correct. One, one example, if... Um, I talk to my clients about an HMI solution. I always insist on a, cons a consistent and uh, obvious and easy-to-use back solution. So if you run into some kind of menus, it should be possible to go back step by step by step by pressing a button that is easy visible, that is clearly marked, that is always in the same location so you can jump back or that you can jump back to some kind of main page or home page or starting page by pressing a single button so this 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 is user error bus i mean we always run uh, all run always very often into uh different sub menus where we just think hey how, how i got here how did i get here and then i, I don't want to be here so it should be easy to correct these mistakes and the last one that is the new one um, that's called user engagement a technology and HMI should be inviting, motivating. It should encourage continuous interaction. So that is a bit of an emotional part. 
um, that touches uh, the next point, the user experience we will talk about. I believe that um, the the makers, the writers, the uh, yeah, the makers of the ISO standard, they realize that the only the sheer, let's say, more mathematical, technical parameters that they are good, and they're required, but um, that even on the usability side, it is important to have a certain amount of motivation, of invitation, of uh, encouragement. Usability is comparably easy to measure. There are established tools and procedures out there. Um, there's the system usability scale, for example, that you can apply easily. Um, there are usability tests and um, there are checklists and various methods and processes that you can apply to, to measure it. And many of them are validated from a scientific point of view. So very pretty safe if, if you use them. At the end, a short remark. There are other descriptions, there are other definitions, other classifications for, for usability out there. But uh, the ISO standard is always a safe ground to stand on. So if you rely on the ISO, you are not on the wrong side. So if you use this and if you apply this and if you understand these standards fully, you are safe. All right, let's go on with the next, which is user experience. Short remark up front, this term is often used incorrectly. It, I mean, it sounds cooler than usability, and this is why many, let's say, departments, activities, projects, processes are called user experience something, something, something. Although... Um, they're about usability. I mean, there is the word user in it, uh, which is good. We are user-focused, we are user-centric, we have a user-centric design process. And then there is experience in this. I mean, we want to create experiences, overall experiences of technology. And so this, uh, I believe this is the reason why many people use the term user experience instead of usability, particularly if it's about naming jobs or positions or activities or whatever. It is also defined in ISO 9241 part 110. Just like uh, usability, there is a definition in there. The terms, both terms appear again in part 210. Many believe that 210 is about user experience. I mean, uh, 110 is about usability, 210 is about user experience, which is wrong. 210 describes the user-centered development process. And to apply this in the correct way, you need to know what user experience is. And uh, so they, they define it up front. But it is also in the new version of the 110, so you can be led to rely for both the definition of both usability and user experience on ISO 9241, part 110. So what is the definition according, according to ISO? User experience is the combination of a person's perception and reactions resulting from the actual and or expected use of a system, product, or service. 
Again, a pretty heavy sentence. Let's analyze it. Let's get a bit into it. User experience is the emotional part of the human-technology interaction. It contains beliefs, preferences, perceptions, well-being or discomfort, behavior and performance. So it is beyond the sheer, let's say, technical part of it. It is also, it, it is the very emotional part of the interaction. It is before, during and after the interaction with the technology. Usability analyzes, focuses on the car process, on the car interaction process. Whereas user experience is before, during and after the interaction with technology. And it includes branding, it includes presentation, functionality, system performance. All this is part of it and it stretches from the let's say the, the entire pro over the entire process of recognizing a product, the advertisements you see, the communication of the company, the public communication. Then choosing a specific product, how do I make a decision on a product, the purchasing process itself. Then you receive the box or something. If you get a new smartphone, there are all these fancy cardboard boxes and, and look beautiful. And It's about the unpacking. Then you have the initial use, the long-term use. Um, if, if something breaks, how, how, how get I, do I get it repaired? And very often in cars, I mean, you have to return to a workshop and then, then you have an experience with the workshop. Uh, the communication with the manufacturer, if they have a hotline and you need to call that. And yeah, at the very end, it is about the, the disposal of, of the product. So user experience covers the entire thing from finding out, hey, there is a new product out over the entire process of an interaction down to the disposal. Whereas usability is only on the core interaction process, the initial use and then the long-term use that you have. So those are the differences. User experience is measurable, not as good and not as standardized as the usability, but there are a few established procedures and tools out there. So one is the Attractive questionnaire. Um, that is a very good one that analyzes different dimensions of user experience. Uh, there are pairs of words, and you have to answer where on these pairs of words do you rate this product. And then you get a result out of this. There are others as well, not as many as on usability, and some of them are not as, let's say, mathematical and straight and, and, and calculable uh, as, as the usability questionnaires. But there is quite some stuff um, out there that uh, will help you to measure User experience. All right, let's talk about user delight. The machine you sit on can tell the world exactly where you stand. The term was introduced by Mercedes at a conference I attended five or six years ago where the uh, chief interior designer gave a presentation, super interesting presentation, and he used this term, he explained this term. And uh, yeah, since then, it is, it is part of my human technology thinking and acting. 
In the beginning, it had a pretty slow start. It has, hasn't really caught on, um, like usability or user experience. And there is no real definition out there. And, and for sure, there is no ISO standard describing uh, user delight. But the fact it is it, it, that that is and uh, that it is uh, the phenomenon is is existing that is undisputed. So we are having this. It is existing and it influences users. It influences selections. It influences yeah decision making of of users. And at the moment, I have the feeling the term is gaining momentum again. But uh, very often it is mixed up with user experience or it is mixed up. It's getting, and I mean, in some aspects, it is close to user experience, but it has some very own components in it. But to summarize this one, it is important to think about the topic when developing technologies and technology strategies. As I said, it's often not clearly separate from user experiences, so the, the edges are fluid. Um, it's not a clear, I mean, it's, it's not really clearly defined. And uh, parts of user delight are, some are related to user experiences. It is a high level of satisfaction or pleasure. It is extreme contentment and joyful interaction with technology. It is about self-expression. The core for me is the reflection of your own personality in technology, with technology, and through technology. It is about self-development with technology. It is about self building self-esteem, building personality, and the communication of one's own personality. So th those are the things that are unique for user delight, that you have the self, the personality, and the communication of yourself through a technology. And it is about, and I know the term is not that much positively connotated anymore, but it's about self-optimization. Or let's say it's about self-improvement through, by, and, and with technology. To make it a little less theoretical, a little more practical, um, let's have a look at, again, Harley-Davidson at uh, Harley Rider. From a technological point of view, other bikes are clearly better than Harley's. There, there, there is nothing, not a single aspect of a motorbike where Harley-Davidson is best in. There's always some bike better. It's not the fastest bike, it's not the cheapest bike, it's not the most comfortable bike, it is not the most reliable bike. I mean, there are other bikes, it's not the most uh, off-road capable bike that you can think of. So there is always another bike um, that, that is better under this, this uh, at least in a single aspect, than Harley-Davidson. And then, um, I mean, they're having ridiculously high prices when when i go there and, and i see i mean as a single t-shirt there costs 80 dollars a jacket 320 dollars and if i have to buy spare parts for my harley davidson it's always a shock 
They say, hey, for something this simple, you charge me that much money. Unbelievable, totally ridiculous. So it's extremely expensive. But uh, they are very famous. They are very well established. They have an extremely strong user loyalty. Once a Harley rider, always a Harley rider. I know only a very few people that had a Harley and, and gave it up. They're selling uh, more, or they make more revenue with merchandise than with motorcycles. So selling cups and t-shirts and caps and gloves and jackets and, and shirts makes them more money than selling motorcycles. And I think that, that clearly shows um, how important that is and how important the brand is and, and how important yeah, the things beyond the technology are. So it is about transporting the self-image, the image, I am a Harley rider. And this means something, because I am a Harley rider means I believe in freedom. Um, maybe I'm a, I'm a bit of a wild guy. Um, I'm, I do not respect any aspects of any laws. So freedom is a very important value for me. I mean, all these things that are connected to that and... I can communicate that. I'm sitting on that machine and the world knows exactly, okay, this guy is not mainstream. This guy is a bit of an outlaw. He is different from the rest of the world. And this is what you can transport with this piece of technology. Another example, um, motorcycle riders greet each other when they see. So if you, if you see another motorbike rider, you... you lift your left hand and uh, you greet, or your right hand if you're driving in a, in a uh, left uh, side uh, driving country. Anyway, you greet the others. Harley riders only greet other Harley riders. So within the community of motorbike riders, Harley riders are still something special. And again, this shows how important the technology, the piece of the, the brand, the piece of technology and the technology itself, how important that is for your self-image and the communication of the self-image. What, what do I tell the world about myself, about me, by using this bike? And this is the perfect example of the perfect example of uh, user delight. As I said, the machine you sit on shows the world exactly where you stand. User delight is neither precisely defined nor exactly measurable. That differs it from the two other aspects. Maybe there is a tool under development um, already, but I'm not aware of any, any activities in that direction and I'm not really sure how a tool measuring user delight could look like. So it's more like an emotional understanding thing. It's holistic. It's an overview. And I think that there is a lot of gut feeling uh, into it if you want to develop a device under user delight. But the success of um, delighting products says it's worth it. It's worth uh, going for it and trying to find something that really moves your user that helps the user ex to express personality, to, ex to show where, where I stand in the world and to improve myself, to bring myself to a new level. All right, let's summarize. 
the fact that a system works at all and works reliably, reliably is the basis of everything. So this has not been part of um, this podcast episode. Usability is the suitability for use. It is clearly defined and it is comparably easy to measure. So there is a standard describing it and there are tools out there you can measure it. User experience is the emotional component, uh, the overarching emotional component in human technology interaction, also clearly defined, also possible to measure it. User delight refers to the part of human technology communication that goes deeply into personality, into personal strength and the communication of the self-image of the user. And it is neither defined nor measurable today. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.